1: Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who take big pieces of wood and make them smaller. Mark, Matt, and Shannon.
3: All right, it's Wood Talk of a specific number of which I don't know because we're recording this ahead of time for a replacement show because one of us is out of town or two of us are out of town and this is what you get because it's better than nothing.
1: <laughs> or one of us is so being delayed like because <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah you know it's better than nothing with a question mark at the end I don't know better than nothing you'll have to let us know if it's better than nothing uh, but yeah all the usual stuff we're gonna skip past that we're just gonna do another single topic show that we think you'll find entertaining interesting and enlightening and this one is all about our woodworking confessions cue the sexy music right
1: oh, I feel like it should like be, be like the monks in the background chanting
3: chanting monks yeah <laughs> I'm not sure that fits, me, Matt, but okay. Forgive me, woodworkers, that, yeah.
1: <laughs> for I have sins. Uh, yeah, there you go.
3: All right, so woodworking confessions, things you might be surprised to hear about us. We've each got one, and then we've got a group confession, actually. That should be kind of interesting. Uh, so <laughs> I'll, I'll lead it off, if you don't mind. Let me, let me find it. What is it? <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> all right, so we all know that a fundamental woodworking skill is to be able to mill things by hand, of course. Mm-hmm. Flatten, flatten surfaces, joint edges, make them nice and square to the, to the faces, and then mill the other face roughly parallel. Uh, so my confession is that I have never, in all of my woodworking, milled a board four square by hand. <gasps> but and you've done it with a router. I've done it with a jointer and a planer.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, even when I use a router, I'm not doing that. I'm usually making one face nice and flat and then putting the other side through the planer.
1: You know? Oh, okay so, okay. so I've
3: just never had a need or desire to take a hand plane and make a board flat and square on uh, both faces and both edges. Just not mm. not something I've ever needed
1: to do. I don't know, Mark, you're missing out. I mean, you're you're out of the circle of trust.
3: Am I? You guys should sell me on this. Why? Why should I do it?
0: (laughs) Um,
1: Because it's really cool. Convince
3: me to do it. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone here. I'm sure a lot of folks who have more of a power tool focus just don't have a need to do it. And if anything, if I do need to do anything, it's typically just like we said about the router to flatten a face, so it's at least close enough to flat that it can get through the planer. The planers, you know, at least 12 inches in my case, 15 inches wide. There aren't many times I need to to flatten anything wider than that. So it's just never come across my path that hey, you better do this unless I wanted to do it for fun. I don't it doesn't sound fun to me so it's just never happened
1: yeah that's pretty much my thing is the only the only reason i've legitimately done it was one i heard it was fun turned out that's wrong uh <laughs> two i did it because uh my jointer wasn't wide enough so i i went that route and three i heard it makes you lumberyard famous but that's never <laughs> that's the rumor me either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a lie yeah
3: well i know well, this is probably know, e- even you shannon how often do you wind
2: up doing this Actually, a lot more recently, but, yeah. Uh, in, which is kind of ironic because now I have the twenty-inch planer capacity. <laughs> now you but, don't need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> which it's really ironic now that I think about it. Um, but it, it, just because I've been filming some very specific techniques for wide boards and tackling wide boards, sure. Um, but you know, and that's that's the reason. You know, the the it's, it's not so much that it's like super fun. It's that there will always be a time when you don't have the capacity, when, you know, and I guess that's not true. You can go out and buy a 24-inch joiner, but, you know, how realistic is that to have a battleship like that in your shop? Um, But, you know, if you're really good with making panels and making flat panels and not having to do a lot of work out of the clamps, then, you know, you might not find a reason for it. Right. But i don't know i think with all fundamental hand tool schools it's just hunt hand tool schools i just said that oh there's well, a whole was, bunch of them that was yeah. freudian, freudian for sure fundamental <laughs> hand tool skills it's just one of those things that it's nice to have in your back pocket you know yeah um, I, I mean i remember like the whole uh what was it like the trestle thing you used for your router to flatten your rubo yeah you know i just sat there and laughed at you <laughs> <laughs> the whole time, yeah. It's like, just grab your hand plane, man. Don't You're be right. afraid of it. It's
3: and I look at hard. it and I say, that's just way too much work to do with a hand plane. I'd rather use my <laughs> router. I would rather do it this way. I we mean, uh, th- we'll that's never the thing. be lumberyard
2: famous. Unless <clears throat> you can flatten
1: your own bench. That's true. I, I saw earlier today before we uh, went on the air there was a, a video and I don't know how I stumbled across, but it was somebody using a CNC in a similar manner to that router table setup or the router setup to uh, flatten the face of a board. And I thought, man, that's a lot of math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be, just to get a flat surface. Yes. Cool. All right. So, Matt, give us your confession. Okay. I have a whole bunch of them, but I think the biggest one for me, and maybe it's not all that shocking, but my confession is, you know what? I, I'm totally fine with not ever using exotics in my projects. I really I give lip service to like, you know, oh, like Pennsylvania uh, uh, cherry is like the most exotic thing I've ever worked with, and it's true, and I don't have a problem with it. I, so many – woodworkers get really into this whole thing about like, because I can use this super exotic wood, therefore I feel like I have to use it. And to me, because I can use pine, I'm gonna use it. I I just don't really have a problem with it. And it's it's not that there's anything wrong with it. I just I don't know. I guess I'm a very vanilla type person, and I don't have a problem with it because vanilla is delicious. You know <laughs> what's funny about this, though, the way I look at it, I see
3: it a little bit differently. With so many woodworkers now, um, especially with a lot of the new YouTubers coming along, most of these people are not using exotics. A lot <laughs> of them are using reclaimed stock, pine, poplar, plywood, just you know, whatever for for these you know quick week week by week projects. And I don't see a lot of exotics being used. And in fact, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> so I feel well,
1: like you're talking about me, Matt. Yeah. I, I don't want to <laughs> point the finger, but I've got like 10 of them going right towards you. They're <laughs>
3: like one of the last hangers-on to the like David Marks phase of we must use exotics in everything.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? I, I will say that I, I think that it's they are absolutely gorgeous. When I see a, a beautiful piece that has some just... You know, a beautiful color that is natural color. It came from the wood. I, I think it's very impressive. But then I, I think about what I like to work with and, mm-hmm. and what I tend to do. And it's one of those things where I'm like, yeah, that it does look gorgeous, but it doesn't look like something that um, I would come out of my shop or that I – uh. It's not so much comfortable using. I just don't really have the desire to do it. Sure. Of course, my wife would also tell you the same thing about my cooking is very planned, <laughs> too. So perhaps those two things go hand in hand somehow. It's also expensive. There you go. That's another yeah, one. And then there's the whole finishing thing. We all know that I am not the greatest finisher in the world. The few times I have worked with exotics, I have that moment going, wait, were you supposed to wipe the oily surface before or after you apply the finish? Why is this not drying? <laughs>
3: right. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what—the exotics are really the reason I got into woodworking. I saw—I mean, I used to watch New Yankee Workshop all the time, and yes. never really felt like, "Ooh, I better become a woodworker now." Uh, <laughs> but I would watch David Marks, and it really resonated with me. And the stuff he was building, the materials he was using on the show convinced me that there are things other than what I grew up with as what I considered wood, basically would be oak and pine furniture. And that is what got me excited about woodworking. So I think as long as I'm able to work with exotics and can afford to get them or have clients that want them, I will probably continue to gravitate there just because it's where, where it all started for me. Well, you know, yeah, that's, an, an,
2: that's a good point. I don't think I would have ever heard of or known what bubingo was. Yeah, was it if it wasn't for
1: woodworks? Yep, David Marks. I think yeah, for a lot of people, David. that's probably the case. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I do want to—I I do like to do with the, these very domestic woods that I tend to work with. Uh, a lot of people are are really and hung up is not the right word. They just really like the look. Of having the the colors blend, the grains blend, and I am very much the of the type that kind of goes, I'll use that board next who cares if it doesn't really match in here? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I do actually, I'm kind of joking around a little bit. I do take time to try to match up grains and match up colors where I can. But a great example is uh, Aiden's dresser, which was made out of cherry, but I made no effort to hide the uh, heart and the sapwood. I kind of have them blend together. So there's this beautiful color from the heartwood and right in the center of it is where I've actually taken a couple of boards that had some nice sapwood and I put them together and I just let nature do its course. Mm-hmm. And it, it has that really distinct difference I, I love taking these kind of domestic woods and looking for the maybe this is something psychologically i look for the ugly and i try to make it beautiful
3: i don't know i think i like i'm, I'm right there with you there's no ugly yeah. there it can be done I, poorly
2: yeah. but yeah. <laughs> there you I, go. I have yes. this i have this this i don't want to call it an argument but disagreement with people all day long at the lumber yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really prevalent in the commercial industry. Everything has to be perfect. And I just want to say, you know what? They make composites now. Maybe you should just go there. <laughs> Maybe you Formica? should just think about that. Because <laughs> if you really want it to be absolutely blemish-free in the exact same color throughout you probably don't want wood because I mean, what's the point, you know, that that's why we build stuff out of wood because of the unique character to it. But kind of going with what Matt's saying, I understand a little bit. I think it's not so much that I don't want to work with exotics. It's just, I feel like, and and this contradicts what Mark just said, but I feel like they get overused sometimes like too much of a good thing.
3: When they get used, they get used a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You like think of the projects that have like four different species. Actually it doesn't matter whether it's domestic or exotic. Four different species in the same piece of furniture. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> you know, unless you're talking about like you know, really small users like inlay or something like that, mm-hmm. but exotic wood even like non-figured exotic wood looks figured just because it's exotic and it's got, you know, crazy color and there's often swirl just by the nature of rainforest woods they tend to have interlocked grain and it looks different. But you get people that use like too much of it. Like the entire thing is made out of babingo with a quilted bocote something, something top with an ebony inlay, and it's like, dude, it's, it's just assault your eyes because there's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what really kind of turns me off that makes me want to agree with Matt. you know I like cherry. I like walnut. I, may, I use it a lot. Come to the bland side, which is almost the same expense <laughs> and the same price per board foot, at least walnut these days, as
1: some of the exotics. No, you, well, you know you, it's you, funny because Shannon, I was, the, I always, and I, I, I've referenced this one way in the past. And I can't remember when, but when you and I were at the Woodworking in America in Chicago in 2009, we were sitting together in a Brian Boggs class, and there was somebody just to the other side of us that was uh, his question. I, I still this every time I think about the the discussion about why you have to use exotics and stuff. This gentleman and i I have no problem with him wanting to use it whatsoever, but his whole thing was and he, he asked Brian he's like, yo, how do we get people to stop using like domestics and and convince our customers that they need to have these <laughs> exotics It was something along the lines of that, and I'm thinking, um why <laughs> why yeah. why do we have to do that? and I think even Brian was kind of like, um you Brian go with what the client if I wants. remember correctly <laughs> Brian. Like, Brian's an incredibly
2: polite guy. He's got that Southern charm to him. But he kind of, in his Southern charm way, laid into him a little bit. Like, yes. to me, using all these exotics and figure covers up poor craftsmanship and poor design. And it was like like an awkward silence. And everyone was like, okay then, and then moved on. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, and there's
3: a workability aspect to it as well with these exotics. And Shannon, you would absolutely oh, yeah. confront this. And, That's you know, I was thinking about... I was thinking about the rocker that I'm building, the sculpted rocker. What a pain in the butt that thing would be out of babinga. Oh my god. Oh my yeah. You gosh, know what I mean? Yeah. All I that rasp saw, work. Um, oh man, it would be a I nightmare. saw the
2: Maloof shop on on their Instagram account. They just posted like a entirely curly Koa um rocker. Wow. And I was looking at that going, Oh my God, what a nightmare that would be just to You're- to get it. Yeah.
3: You're you know, tear you're, out free. Just and you're awful. just talking about, you know, with these really dense woods, you know, two or three times as much physical labor just to get yeah. it down to the size you need it to be.
2: Yeah. But binga is pretty nasty when it comes to density. Yeah, it's rough. For sure. It's rough.
1: All right, Shannon. You know, well, it was funny. <clears throat> speaking of Shannon, I just want to say, Shannon, I have a feeling that you probably don't win the salesman award at work if you're constantly arguing with the uh, clients <laughs> and telling them that they need to go with Cheaper lesser woods. grade woods. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, the truth of the matter is, is our lesser grade woods are still a lot better than some people's. So oh, well, in that case,
3: yeah, you're still you're still working there now. You're fine. Yeah,
2: exactly. (laughs) All
3: (laughs) All right, Shannon. What about
2: yours? My confession is going to throw all of my credibility and my entire reputation into doubt. Oh, sweet. Turn this up. Yeah, it wasn't very good to begin with, but when it comes to furniture, I'm not talking about like shop projects and benches and shooting boards and things like that when it comes to actual furniture mm-hmm. that leaves your shop and goes into the house somewhere inside or out i have never built a piece of furniture entirely <laughs> by hand
1: Huh. what you son of a never done it i have would like a refund their- on my free uh hand tools school membership <laughs> i'm canceling my courtesy membership
2: <laughs> there has been a time when I got behind and I quickly threw it through the planer, whether it was my old lunchbox planer, you know. So I, I flattened like six out of the seven panels, and then the last side on that one panel, I was like, oh, I just got to run it through the planer, or I planed everything entirely by hand. Now uh, all the joinery these days, I don't have any other options. But um, I got down to the end, and I just couldn't, couldn't could not, 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 not get get rid of the tear out. So I pulled out the random orbit. There has probably, there have been times when I've smoothed it entirely by hand, but like somewhere along the way I used a thickness planer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was just thinking about this. And I I was hesitant to say it at first because I wasn't sure it was actually true, but I just kind of went back through like the last 20 pieces I built in my head. (laughs) And it's like, no, no, there's always been an instance where I needed for one reason or another, or I used my lathe, you know, like my powered lathe before I had a foot powered lathe to turn a knob or something like that. Like right. the shaker wall clock I built a couple of years ago. The knob was turned on an electric lathe. So, yeah. Sorry, folks. There I'm it actually, is. I'm not a hand tool woodworker after
1: all. You're I'm a hand-tool. terrible... The shame of it. The shame. (laughs)
2: For shame, sir. Oh, my gosh. you know, even my most recent project, my maple display shelf, apparently I've been told by an emailer that I betrayed all that is holy in the world because I used an HVLP to spray on the finish. (laughs) So that was close. The entire thing was done by hand from milling to finishing or to smoothing, but I used an HVLP sprayer. So, Uh, yeah.
3: My eyes are rolling. You can't see it, but they're rolling behind my head. I know. (laughs) Just terrible. All right. Well, here's the thing. We've got a combined group
2: confession here. And, uh, and yeah. I have to say, we probably all came to this independently. Yes. Like, well, I <laughs> brought it up first and I immediately I was like, that's mine. Like, hey, that's yeah. well
1: that's one it, I want to use. That was the same exact reaction. I've got it as like my number one on my seven note cards here. I'm like, uh, this is number one. And oh, you guys already took that. OK, I'll go to number two. Yeah, and I think this
3: is going to require a little bit of clarification at the risk of sounding like we're not like team players Seriously. in some way here. <laughs> this so could
2: go very poorly. Yeah,
3: let's we... let's choose our words carefully. Uh, the three of us don't watch woodworking videos online, right? Nope. And I think uh, if if you guys let me speak for you for a second here, at least for myself, and I think we're very similar. Number one, it comes down to time, and with the time that I have to focus on woodworking-related things, I'm either building furniture. Or making videos or writing articles or dealing with website crap, what you know the business side of things, so my actual spare time is absolutely limited that i don 't have as much time to watch these videos or even woodworking DVDs these days um, the the time isn 't there, and I really have a lot of other hobbies and things that I enjoy doing, and you know spending time with my family as well as my son is you know my favorite hobby at this point, so if i 'm not woodworking i 'm with him. So I just don't have as much time as I used to have and I, I just don't watch woodworking videos.
1: Yeah, that's that's totally the thing with me too is I mean I spend so much time working on things for the website working on stuff for the show spending time with the family I have gotten to the point now that thankfully since it's heading into the summer I'm getting caught up on some DVDs that I've been wanting to watch and that's been a lot of fun because I'm not so worried I'm not a cord cutter like you guys uh, so I've got the TV blaring in the background all the time mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I mean I, I, there are times I feel really bad about it and it's in this to me for those of you who have been listening for a long time you know how like we go to the what's around the the uh, the web mm-hmm. portion of the show, and we're always like, "This is us not watching the video." That's yeah. part of the reason. <laughs> yeah. I just well, realized I that's your- the
2: one exception. Is we do actually watch woodworking videos like while we're doing the show.
3: Well, and and I <laughs> should say, when people send us stuff, you know, even on Facebook, Hey Mark, check this out. Okay. I will watch it before I share it, but I didn't seek that out. It it actually landed in my lap. And and right. just as an aside, you're you kind of stumbled on your words, and I just realized around the web should totally be around the whoopee that brown the whoopee, Yes. <laughs> I
1: like that. Yes,
3: that works for me. There's a lot of stuff around the whoopee. <laughs> now, here here's the thing, and this is not mostly powdered sugar. Yes. This is not a new development either. Uh back in the day, 2006, 2007, even then when it was all about like <laughs> iTunes podcasts, I very rarely, like let's go back to what was Tommy Max thing. A rough cut. No, no, no. It's No. Wait, yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That's right. And then they used that for the TV show. Okay. So his show, I watched a few of like the Bombay chess things, but like I just never had enough time to sit down and go back and watch all of these things. So even way back then, and frankly you guys are like my two best
1: friends and I don't watch your stuff like uh, <laughs> it's the same for me too I, like when you guys describe something I'm always like I have to go look and watch that I'll make a <laughs> I better myself. go myself now I used to watch Matt
3: a little bit because um, the, my, I had a TiVo subscription to Matt's basement workshop but they just move things around Matt and both of us are no longer in the directory so oh. <laughs> yeah just be forewarned uh, but that's how I would watch Matt because you know what I, I might be sitting on the couch or cooking dinner and I could quickly uh, put that on and, and watch Matt latest show but it the other stuff sitting at my computer i spend so much time at my computer i don't want right. to watch woodworking videos
2: when i'm there and i think that's it more than anything else is you know <laughs> I, I just uh, i've got to get away from the computer you know and okay. go and do some actual woodworking or i'm doing some filming or you know It is funny because since I cut the cord, I actually watch more TV than I did when I had the cord just because I can get it like what I want on demand. Yeah. You know, but that's, you know, when it comes to entertainment time, I'm not actually reaching for woodworking anymore. I think I get enough of it. as my quote job, if you will, oh, yeah, both my jobs, frankly, right? Because I'm dealing with uh, the lumber side of it and dealing with the production side of it. So, but unlike you, Mark, back in the day, I was voracious. I watched everything. Um, I think I watched every single one of Tommy's earlier shows, his yeah. early show. I watched, you know, of course, Bob Rozieski at Logan, Logan Cabinet Shop, everybody. Um, and and I, I think that's what kind of did me in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was like, got saturated oh, with it. Right. You know, and it's the same thing you see with magazines. If I can bring up that episode again, yeah. you know, it's, it's the rotating <laughs> well, yeah, cycle so. of every, you know, couple of years. Uh, we did that in that issue before. And it's like, it's hard to find it, uh, anything new out there. Well,
3: or, and I wh- think the thing right now that makes it a little bit more difficult is the fact that there is such a large, Community of people making videos that if you're not actively watching and commenting on those videos, you can very quickly be seen as an outsider, which I think the three of us probably uh, do suffer from to an extent. Yes,
1: I mean, oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, get excited I'm also, about that! Matt. I'm also wired kind of in the way that like I can't like if if you have a TV series, I I can't pick it up mid season. So like <laughs> there are like award winning shows that I still have not seen. I have not seen The Sopranos. I have. Oh, dude. My in laws, my in laws have every season on DVD, and they've loaned them to us. And both Heather and I have not seen The Sopranos because it's like we've got to parcel off some time. Well, now sit down. It's this monumental
3: task at this point, right? And that's what's held
2: us back. I haven't seen a single episode of Mad Men, and I actually work in the advertising industry. I really need to. People keep telling me to do this. Yeah. You know, um, and and I, I gotta start over from the beginning. So, like, I picked up The Walking Dead, like, midway through the second season, and I think I spent an entire weekend watching Walking Dead, (laughs) just binged (laughs) on it. And I I was looking at, um, like, Richard McGuire, the English woodworker, I've mentioned him on the show before, he does some great stuff. And I saw one of his recent videos. Is like I really got to go back and watch this guy. So I added them all. Like I did the iTunes um, subscription. They're all on my iPad right now, and I haven't watched a single one because it's like I just don't have the time to yeah, sit down and watch all it that. It is. It Terrible. seems
3: like a, a big investment of time. Yeah. Well, you know what I've done that's that I'm hoping will help is uh, I've had the YouTube app on my phone for a long time, but I've never actually signed in. <laughs> like I just kind of use it because because <laughs> it's easier to watch videos when you get a link to a video. Uh, so I just pull open the app, and I signed in, and I'm like, you know, I do subscribe to a lot of the the folks who who make a lot of videos on YouTube, and I just never have time to watch it. Well, if my phone is in my pocket and I'm sitting there, I've got a few minutes to kill. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make an effort, like every week, to sit down and just see what's on the recommended list uh, for my subscriptions and watch a few of these and try to try to be a little bit more active, uh, because I do I do feel bad about that. And there's some really great content being made. And I just don't – you know, I have to make time for it in order for it to be something that actually happens.
2: Do you guys ever just feel totally daunted by the volume of content that's out there to the point where it's almost like put my fingers in my ears and go, I just don't even want to know? Because I do know that there's some great content out there. Um, The first one that comes to mind is Matt Cremona. Um, I certainly haven't stumbled on him recently. I've known about him for a while. Mm -hmm. But I see him post some stuff and I'm like, dude, I got to go watch that. And then I start looking around at his catalog and I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff here. I don't want to yeah. get sucked into this. So then I just like, no, not going to do it. And I like turn it off. Um, because there's just so much stuff to look at. I think mm. there is a white noise factor
3: that's occurring now that it's a little bit, it, it might actually even now be very difficult to find the the cream of the crop because of all the white noise. Um, there are a lot of videos. There's a lot of people making a lot of videos. And,
2: well, and that I know personally has seriously affected my content production because I just don't want to contribute to that. So I, like, I mean, shoot, look at my website. The last video I posted on there was almost a month ago. Yeah. And it's like, I oh, just good. can't so bring myself – yeah, you have plenty of stuff. <laughs> I can't bring myself to go and make something for the sake of making new content because yeah. I know it's been done six times over. You know, it's it's tough. It's,
3: it's an interesting pretty, time, you know, and yeah. I think that's the thing. When, when you know, when the Wood Whisperer started, when Matt's Basement Workshop, which, what are we talking, early 2006 to late 2006, yeah. there yeah. was nothing. I mean, there were a no? couple people who were in, like embedding little teeny tiny postage stamp style videos on their website that were just <laughs> grainy and horrible Uh, But that's when, you know, when we really started to get into this stuff. And I think I was right from the get go making videos that I never really made time for watching them. And now there, and there was nothing at the time, but now there's just so much. And I'm still in the same mindset I was in 2006, where it's like, well, I'm busy making, I don't have enough time for consuming, you know, so it's, it's, it's a change of mentality for me to even think about going into consumption mode.
1: Well, you know, well, Yeah, definitely now more than ever. I mean, going yeah. back to that time period when we first got started, there definitely – there were these moments. There would be waves. So, so you and I were like, look, we're in town. There's tumbleweeds going by. There's nobody here. Then <laughs> suddenly like a band would come flying through like a parade and then it would disappear again. And yeah. It's like, oh, now there's nothing. So yeah, there is this huge – amount of stuff going on right now and I have no idea I, I don't think it's ever going to go away I think it's just more of it's going to keep coming and well, coming so the, we won't have that
3: the barrier to entry was larger back then because it required understanding of RSS feeds and setting up yeah. iTunes directory yeah. if you weren't in iTunes you didn't exist now iTunes is barely part of the conversation anymore and <laughs> yeah, you're it, on
1: iTunes why <laughs> yeah and all it really
3: takes is a decent cell phone and a YouTube account so yep. you know the, the barrier to entry is much lower a lot more people are getting into it so so, um, Which
2: plays some of it into it, you know, plays to the fact, at least for me, the not watching thing, because I know I can get it really easily anytime. I'll just do that when it's a more opportune time, you know.
3: Right. Or there's going to be another one next week if you miss right. this one. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, so
3: we got kind of sidetracked here on the whole um, uh, video right. thing.
2: Suddenly, suddenly this show became all about the videos and what we don't watch.
3: Yeah. So, so, much, right. for, so much for the confessions thing.
2: My confession uh, is
3: that
1: we uh, got off track.
3: That we did. And we do all the time. All right, well, I guess that about wraps it up. If you've got some woodworking confessions you want to share with us, head to woodtalkshow.com, find this episode, and leave a comment. Let us know if there's anything you might, you know, be a little bit ashamed to admit, or uh, I don't know, maybe you're a dedicated hand tool user that still uses power tools. Can you imagine?
1: That'd be oh, awful. Oh, my lord. Oh. <laughs> I think they call those hybrid woodworking. They... Deplorable. Perfect word <laughs> for and it. Hard feathered. And... Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Well, or don't be embarrassed about it. Own it. Own, Own it. it. Like, yeah, yeah. Just just wear it proud. Let it hang out. Yeah. Let, let your freak flag fly. Unless the cops say put that away, which I would suggest, then you maybe put it away because nobody deserves jail time over something like that. <laughs> no. All right, That's Matt. Cool. How about you uh, give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right. Hey, folks. Do you have a comment, question, or like Mark said, a, maybe a, a confession that you want to share with us? The door is open. We are now taking your confessions at the moment. You can, <laughs> or you know, you can you can leave us a, uh, that confession by several different ways. You can. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. I'm trying to like be very soothing, so that you know it's okay. Yeah, but to, you know, a penance, with a penance
3: is coming. So
1: yes, yeah. You can call our voicemail line at six two three two four two five one eight zero. You can email us at kickback at woodtalkshow dot com, or you can leave us a comment on our WoodTalk Facebook page. Uh, and if you're looking for the show shows or downloads or any of that good stuff, you can find that over at woodtalkshow dot com. And uh, yeah. We want to hear those.
3: Uh, Shannon, you have to say 12 Hail Norms for your sins. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: uh, and, uh, I want to know what
2: the full text of the Hail Norm is, actually. That would
3: be and, fun. And I'm going to work on that too. Light
1: your candle for St. Roy. He's the only other <laughs> yeah. one that's going to be able to save you. <laughs> yep, that's true.
3: All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time.
1: See ya.
2: All right. See ya.